and here I am dancing. I'm just <laughs> dancing to that intro, baby, because we're back. We are here, guys. Welcome to the self-evident Woo! podcast. We have me. We have Massey. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Massey. Well, we got two cameras here. We're, we're I'm kind of working the system here. Massey, do the self-evident dance for me just once, please. It's all it's all in the elbows in, baby. It's all in the elbows in. That's right. Old school. Carrie's going to be mad. That's right. That's right. What the heck are they doing? <laughs> Welcome, hey, guys. guys. Man, we are so happy to have you today. Straight up. Today. Straight up. Straight up, man. So it's been a couple of weeks, right? Massey, We've got a lot to discuss. Out. Yes, we do. Um, and... <laughs> So before we get into the full topic, Massey, you had wanted to talk about uh, COVID and <laughs> why we were off for two weeks. So you want to give the info on that? Yeah. So um, it, this is ironic to talk about. I, I came down with COVID. Um, I, I believe it was. I didn't go get tested, um, but I just the symptoms and everything that I had. And so <clears throat> one of the things we we're talking about was I was ready to do a podcast. I was over it last week, uh, actually a little bit before that. And I couldn't, it's, it's tough to, um, when I get animated, like right now I'm starting to see, you can, you're going to start to see real quickly that I'm uh, breathing heavy. And uh, so, because it's like, it kind of attacks your lungs, you know? So it was, it was a little unique uh, th this time around uh, to get sick. I have not called into work since 2013. I believe I was in a welding mm -hmm. shop. I had like a, uh, you know, some strep throat or something. I was gone for like a day and a half. Uh, and then I got back to work. But so I don't get sick very often. But this was a bear boy. I'll tell you what. Uh, there was a couple nights there kind of kind of hairy. I couldn't breathe. I uh, had to be propped up. You know what I mean? Had some inhalers. And yeah. uh, I don't know what they call that mess, you know. So but yeah, it was real. No, so, Mike kind of had something similar to that. Yeah. And before I get into mine, I, I was going to ask you, so how does that affect your opinion on this? So like, you know, a lot of people are, would say, ah, so you suffered, you had struggles with it, you, you had a tough time. And so now you must totally see it in a different light. And you and I were talking yeah. and, and we were kind of talking about, well, our opinion hasn't really changed on this. So I was curious if, if you could kind of enlighten us on that part of it too. No, know? no. Yeah. And I'm glad you asked the question, dude, because, and I'm, I'm watching two screens. So I'm kind of going back and forth with yep, you because I want to watch your fat face right here. Yeah. We're kind of doing two things here. And I'm actually at a conference right now speaking here in Orlando and, and Mike's back at home. And uh, so, no, my, my opinion has not changed. It won't change. It can't change. Um, and the reason is because your your safety and, and your liberty is not predicated on what I do unless I remove your safety or your I'm sorry, your liberty. If I harm you physically, then there's something wrong. But no, my opinion has not changed. As a matter of fact, I just believe in herd immunity. That um, was I think Fauci just came out and said, we'll never be able to get rid of the virus. And it's like, yeah, probably not. It's like we haven't gotten rid of the flu. It's like we haven't gotten rid of the cold. You know, we haven't gotten rid of many of the diseases that are airborne like me, you know, and I'm not saying this is airborne, but like, you know, measles and all these other things, they still happen. Of course, you can't get rid of something like this, but you can grow uh, immunity to it and antibodies to it. So um, I'm not I'm not at all changed. Matter of fact, I'm doubled down on my position uh, as far as liberty goes. And, and so I believe in freedom. And the bottom line is we sh the survival rate is so high. That I was actually glad that when I got it, I survived, you know, 
I was glad actually, this is going to sound really weird to some of you. I'm actually glad that I got it. Uh, and there's several reasons for that because now I can just be free, right? I can go off public and, you know, I'm yeah. fine. I don't have any, you know, lingering effects except for, you know, uh, just a little toughness to breathe, but it just takes exercise because it attacks your lungs. You know what I mean? But the second thing is, again, my safety is not predicated on what you do. It's my job to take care of my own health. It's my job to make sure that I'm okay and, and doing what I need to do at home and taking vitamins and all these other things. So no, my opinion hasn't changed. I'm sorry, liberty has not changed in my mind. Matter of fact, yeah. it grew more stalwart. No, and I, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about my own point, you know, and it, how I felt about the whole thing. And before I get into that, one thing that I, before I forget, I want to remind you of uh, or, or talk about is the whole antibody thing. Um, so with the antibody thing, there's a couple of studies that came out that said, oh, the antibodies disappear after three to four months. And they're finding that the antibodies are disappearing. And, and there was this fear mongering that started to build up about that. What they didn't say was that there were also several studies that showed that T cells and memory cells are remaining. And the better part of it is, is that you're actually what they're witnessing is there's a cross immunity happening with other yep. coronaviruses, which people have had and their own T cells or, or memory cells from those other coronaviruses are helping in the immunity process. The thing is, wow. like, and I was talking to somebody today about this is what frustrates me is everybody's acting like we've never had anything like this before. Now, have we come on, dude, preach. Have we had the, the, the news of it around the globe like this before? No, because we haven't had no. media like this before. We haven't had, um, the, the influence of global media in this 24 hour news cycle. And so it, it gets blown out of proportion because everybody's like, it's, it's blowing up. It's blowing up. Well, we've had sicknesses and viruses and pandemics before in history. And the thing is, what concerns me is this is one of those things that if we treat it like it's the worst thing in the world, we're going to be very sensitive to everything from here on out. And then we'll start yep. desensitizing when a big one really actually comes. And so I, I wish we could just see realistic information on this thing and a realistic attitude towards what it is. And, you know, Massey, I'm with you because I had it and I ended up getting a test and the test showed negative, but I know I had it. it, it, it the the know, symptoms were pretty crazy with anybody about whether or not I actually had it. And it was not fun, but I survived. <laughs> I went through Sucked. it. it I, <laughs> for a couple of weeks, felt bad, felt crappy, had no energy, and then came back through. Now, I'm not saying that in light of, you know, other people who've ended up in the hospital. And I'm not saying that, oh, they're faking it. I'm not saying that the, the deaths that have occurred aren't important. The, it's tragic. But we have to keep it in perspective of what's going on. Remember, everybody stopped talking about the average age of death. And that's something we've got to remember, too, is there's still a very high age in average of death. So it, I say all that because I think we just have to keep realistic view of what's going yes. on with this instead of blowing it completely out of proportion saying the whole world has to shut down completely for this thing it just it's it's kind of driving me nuts um so yeah it's, it's almost it, it almost seems it, Massey, you know it's kind of like bad advice 
to tell people to to not get exposed to things. I mean, the bottom line is, do people die from it? Absolutely. Uh, but the, the survivability rate of this is so high. And people will say, well, it's just one life. Again, why aren't you guys this outraged when people die of vaccinations from flus or the flu vaccine and stuff like that? Why aren't people outraged when that happens? But we're outraged about this. So if, yeah. if we're going to do this, we got to be consistent, uh, whether in the media or, 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 or the medical field. And, and again, all you're hearing is one side of the opinion, a ton on, on, on media. You don't really hear dissenting viewpoints. And, and so I think that's where the other side is, is like, look, I went through it, uh, you know, and, and I had to take a, I realized, you know, um, um, you know, vitamins and all these other things are important for your system. And I, I mean, I didn't ever take a multivitamin. Now I'm like, okay, give me everything you got. Give me vitamin C's. Give me the, I don't care whatever vitamin it is. I will take whatever to make sure that my system's good, you know? And so again, was it scary? Yeah, there was a couple nights. It was kind of, you know, I wouldn't wish this on anybody for sure. Um, I, I wouldn't, it, it was, it was hard, dude. I, I don't know what you felt, man, but I was like, what in the flipping world is well, happening to me right now? It was worse for you than it was for <clears throat> me. You know. Um, yeah, I don't think you had the the lung stuff the way that I did. Yeah, you. No. I I hit the lung thing pretty hard, you know. Yeah, and and that's something that people are noticing is how different it affects each and every person, and that gets yeah. right into a genetic predisposition, health predisposition. You know, there's just so many yeah. factors, and that's what's driving me nuts. Also, totally. there's just this one size fits all answer for this thing. And it's like that. It's it's so much greater and more dynamic than that and we've got to give it the respect that's due in the sense that it's going to affect different people different ways um yes so we've got to understand there'll be people who are completely asymptomatic and people who you know uh, i wonder have a tough time with it yeah and i, and I wonder so, too i wonder too mike can you hear me yeah i wonder too if if people were afraid to go to the hospital because of all the fear yeah. you know i mean it's like how many concern like and i'm not saying conservative democrat republican I'm saying how many people who are of a conservative, not a political mindset, but just conservative, where they see, man, hospitals are getting all filled up with these people. Why go to the hospital? Or they just throw you on a ventilator right away without, you know what I mean? I wonder how many people actually probably suffered more because of the fear that we've been pushing so much. And this constant narrative that, oh, my gosh, if you get it, oh, boy. It's yeah. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, at what point God developed our body so awesome that it's willing to adapt. There's, I'm sorry, it's able to adapt to many different scenarios and situations. And, it, and it's happening now. And I think that uh, it's not a testament to what medical advances are. It's a testament to what God can build in a system. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that our bodies can heal themselves. You know what I mean? With a little help, obviously, from vitamin C and things like that, and, you know, di different you know, ways of taking care of yourself. But to, to say that there's no, you know what I mean? To, to push the amount of fear that's been pushed, I think it's probably deterred more people. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. And especially with elective surgeries and, the Dude. Whole, you know, everybody stayed away. They were told, don't come in. Don't be here. Yep. We're not doing elective surgeries. We're not doing elective procedures. So then people waited, and especially with like heart issues and that kind of thing. People waited too long and then they come Agreed. back and, and they're in a much more precarious situation. So. I think it, it caused a lot more fear in people than we're letting on. Sure did. It sure did. And, you know, to, to get back to where, where, I mean, you guys saw the title of the podcast, The Church Outreach. I mean, I, I think to get back on track here, 
And why we wanted to fill you guys in on that was because, hey, we went through it. We survived it. Uh, yep. It was it was um, needed your help with prayers and all these other things, obviously, because it was difficult, man. It was <laughs> I couldn't do a podcast to save my life. I was, I was trying to and I was fine. I was totally fine. But man, I couldn't. It was hard for me to catch my breath. Even now, you'll see I may struggle a little bit because I'm getting so animated. But we're going back to, 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 the, to the point here the, the the church and the culture. And I think what's happening now, Mike, and maybe you can agree with me or not, because we can get dive right into this. Yeah. The, 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 no matter what you stand for as a church, as a person, you're going to get flack for it. No matter what you stand for, you stand against abortion. I promise you, you especially if you if you if you're making any kind of ruckus about it, you're, you're going to get flack for it. If you stand as a church about God-given rights, no matter what the issue is, like masks or whatever, you know, government force, you're going to get flack for it. Um, staying open through COVID, you're going to get flack for it, you know, because it doesn't matter. You're standing for something that people aren't standing necessarily for. And Mike and I were talking about this earlier this week, that how many of the prophets, how many uh, heroes of the, of the faith were once scorned before they were praised? Yeah. You know what I mean? John the Baptist is in the wilderness. He's out preaching. We don't even think about it. This guy's a psychotic dude. He's he's wearing camel hair, eating, eating locusts and wild honey, right? And, and he's preaching about the kingdom of God. And the Pharisees were like, what in the heck is this dude doing, right? But yet here's Christ justifying John's ministry. And then we start to herald and praise him, right? And and, yeah. and this is that's just one example. Martin Luther King was arrested and shot because he stood for something. And of course, to the world, it looks ridiculous. But to us, when you have a conviction from the Holy Spirit and God, it's like, I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to stand for the truth, right? And so people... I'm telling you this right now, people, I just want you to know, no matter what you stand for, you'll be hated. Hear me out on this, by both the Christian and the world. Amen. And that, I, we're living proof of it. Going into public schools, talking about God and politics. No, then other, uh, I've heard this so many times. If you go into a public school, then other religions have to go into public schools. I, they, they're not organized enough to do that. And does that stop me? My God is more powerful than their God. And so no matter what you do, you're going to get flack. And why are we sitting silent when we have the God of heaven on our side? Now's the time to really take a stand. Go ahead, Mike. Isn't, isn't, no, <coughs> that's really interesting that you say that because isn't it funny that people will say, oh, well, if you do it, therefore other religions can do it. So therefore stay silent. Isn't that exactly <laughs> like instead of, no, dude, out, exactly. instead of go out and do your thing, it's like, well, other people might come against you or, or say something opposite or use that as a battering ram. So don't do it. And we're actually seeing it. And this is a little bit of an aside, but the go the ahead, go church ahead. Church of Satan. We're just talking, right? So the church of Satan, they're going into city council meetings and saying, okay, well, we're going to pray to Satan since everybody else wants to pray to God. And since there's religious freedom, you have to allow us to do that. And Christians are like, okay, well, we better just not allow prayer. <sighs> so you're going to back off. It's so ridiculous. And, and you're going to say, well, they want to do something, so therefore I'm not going to even touch it. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, go for it. But like that, that's what's driving me nuts is there's this attitude of we better just back off because there might be pushback. Exactly, exactly. Now, 
and the problem is too, I was just talking at, at a conference today. Listen to this. You know the scripture, Hosea 4, 6, we talk about it all the time. Other preachers use it. My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge, correct? I just looked up the, the word destroyed in the Hebrew in that context. You know what it means? To be silenced. Listen to this. Hmm. My people are silenced because they lack knowledge, right? Wow. Just like Deborah Van Dyke just commented. She said many Christian friends are for Black Lives Matter. Obviously, no one is going to say black lives don't matter, but the organization is destroying souls and they're telling people to hate America. And now we're coming out publicly saying, dude, this Black Lives Matter movement is destroying America. They don't care about you. They care about their agenda. And you know what? Now, now's the time to stand and people are going to come against you and say, oh, my gosh, here he goes. It's not about that. Yes, it is. It's totally about that. It's about a republic that our founders established under God. And the problem is because we didn't know, because we didn't know, we are now silenced because you don't know how to speak and defend your faith. And that's been the problem for a long, long time is that we just let other people do it. Someone else will take care of it. Someone and, else will do something. And to go along with that, um, and when we look at the church today, for so long it was respected. It was an established piece of society. Our faith Christianity was really what the country was built on, the foundation. So there was this constant respect of it. And what happened with the church members is they got comfortable. They said, well, the society, the culture respects us. It holds us in high esteem. We've got uh, influence in each area of the world, or sorry, not the world, the society. So therefore, we got comfortable. We weren't used Dude. to the idea of not being respected. We weren't used to the idea of having some type of influence. And what you're seeing is you're actually seeing that influence fade away. The respect is fading away. And guess what? This whole Marxism movement is trying to fill in the gap. It's trying to push yeah. religion, especially Christianity, out. And we're actually going to show you a story later on of what's going on in China. Yep. That is a great example of where this road leads. Now, you can say you're extremists. You can say uh, you're, you're jumping to conclusions. That would never happen here. Let me ask you 30 years ago, if I told you that the government would tell churches they're not allowed to worship and sing or meet in Bible studies in their house, how many of you would tell me that'll never happen here? That would never happen. Exactly if the right. Goes long enough, <clears throat> it'll happen, and the church has to figure out how to stand up now. The church really has to decide: okay, are we going to stand? Are we going to have our voices heard like everybody else does? That's right. Or are we just going to get mowed over? It's that's what drives me nuts: is everybody else is so organized, mass, and the church seems to be standing on its heels going, oh, we don't want to make a ruckus. We let us just kind of close our doors and hope they don't touch us. Yeah. Listen, listen, scripture's clear about um, the, 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 the tongue can't produce bitter and sweet, right? The fountain that we have inside cannot yeah. produce bitter and sweet water. It says that we can't have unfellowship. Oh, I'm sorry, fellowship with the, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but we're supposed to reprove them. In other words, correct them, right? All these things. You will never have peace with the world. That's, you will never have yeah. peace with the world. And the problem is we're trying to conform Christ to the world. We can't, the world must conform to Christ. 
It's Christ's standards that I stand for. It's Christ's word that I stand for. You know why it's funny that we don't, we, we don't even, you ever notice we just kind of now have shied away from biblical marriage, biblically yeah. defined marriage. The bottom line is, dude, is we know it's sin and we don't talk about it. Now, people will say you're going to single out that issue. No, divorce is sin before God, unless uh, there was infidelity, right? Or uh, pornography or adultery or all these things that are happening, lying, a lying tongue that the Bible says that's an abomination unto God, right? And it's, it's, it's if we don't stand and we're now letting ourselves conform to the world, that's why there's no power because we're trying to conform Christ to the world. That's not what he said to do. He said, if my name be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Not if you make me conform to the world, then they will come to me. No, you lift him up first. You lift up his name and his standard, and it's going to look crazy to the world. That's why Paul said, I'm a fool for Christ, right? It's not the same old walk. It's not the same old message. The bottom line is, is his standards never change. Thank God we serve a God that never changes in the seasons. He yeah. always remains faithful and true, right? And his word never changes. It cannot change. He's immutable. If he changes, he's not God. He's yeah. just like you and I. That's why even I even hate the term relationship sometimes, a relationship with God. I believe it's a unity. I think it's a union. I think it's deeper than that. There's like something that. that is done when Christ comes in and takes over your life where you're like, Lord, God, all I have is you. It doesn't matter what the world tells me. It doesn't matter all these things. Will you make mistakes? Yes. Will you fall? Yes, you will. But God is there. And he, the Bible says in Jude, he's able to pick you. He's able to uh, keep you from falling and present you faultless before the Lord of glory. That's his job. Your job is to go speak of that love that you've been given to the world. And that love doesn't allow sin to come into the camp and destroy what Christ put in you as a seed. It's incorruptible. It's immutable. It can't change. Right. And that's where we need to continue to walk in as the church. There we go. Rant over. (laughs) What's what's (laughs) happening right now is the church as a whole is behind on waking up to what's going on. So, we have events that have happened. We have several slides and mass. I'm just going to kind of quick run through most of these. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Just to kind of point out to people a couple of situations that have happened recently. Now, that's not to say that it's a genocide right around the corner. It's not to say that this is a Chinese persecution going on in America right now. That's not what I'm going for. What I am saying is the respect is decaying in the country. And once that respect decays, you're treated like everybody else. And the church has to wake up to this and understand you're no longer respected. You don't hold special position. You are now viewed as everybody else. And especially when groups that are antagonistic to the church start getting some strength, they start getting some power, they're going to start pressuring. And you're even noticing that in the Democrat Party is right. they're feeling emboldened to attack the church in special ways. And there's a couple of stories down here to prove that to you. Um, so let's go to slide one quick. This Mississippi church fire. So it was a church that stayed open during COVID and they had threats against them. They disobeyed orders against holding in-person religious services. Dude. The church ended up getting set on fire. And 
Churches get set on fire in history. We're not going to say that this is the first time a church has ever been burned down. We're not going to say churches are getting burned down no. all over the country. But notice, you didn't listen to the government the way we wanted you to. We'll burn your church down. And that right. attitude is growing. That's what we're trying to point out here. Um, let's quick go to slide two. So a Mary, couple of Mary statues were vandalized in front of Catholic churches. One of them uh, had idol written on it. Another one was burned. And this one had a trash can thrown on the head. Again, just a view, a lack of respect. And the thing is, uh, at least the burned one and the trash can one happened within about a mile of each other. And it's showing a distaste for this. Yeah. yeah. And, and Christians will say, well, we don't want idols anyways. I, I can see your point, but it's the disrespect that you need to pay attention to. That disrespect right. is happening. Yeah. Right, right. And, it, and it, this is that dissenting viewpoint. Um, you know, again, I, I wouldn't go to Harvard, right, and destroy their front sign and write on there, you bunch of hypocrites, right, because yeah. it's morally wrong to do. That is not my property. I won't touch it. No, I don't have a problem preaching against what Harvard's been teaching. I don't have a problem saying that they've really gone from their original tenant from 1636, you know, where they were talking, they were the school school for ministers and things like that. You know, they were kind of a seminary, basically. That's how they started out. I could easily do that, but I'm not, we're not doing that as Christians because it's immoral. You don't just go destroy property, right? Yeah. And what's happening now is you're right. The respect factor. If you think about, um, I remember what down here in Florida, uh, here, it's like PSL or Fort Pierce. There was a mosque, I think that got, uh, caught right. on fire or something like. Do you remember right. that guy? Uh, right. And yeah, he attacked it or tried to set. You it remember on fire that or something? Yeah, tried to set it on fire or something like that. Obviously arrested. Obviously all those things. Right. But it's like nobody would accept and say that's totally cool. Good job, guys. You know what I mean? Because there's souls in there. To me, it's like, dude, they're still alive and breathing. <laughs> we got to go reach them, right? Absolutely. But look what's happening now when you stand for what you believe. Right now, people are attacking you in your church. Or they're attacking your your statues, and what did what does Mary have anything to do with anything? Yeah. Right? What does Mary have? Any, has nothing to do with this, guys. I'm telling you, Mike said it before. This is literally agenda driven. Has nothing to do with the statue. Has nothing to do with the church. It's about an agenda. If they can silence you, they'll win, and you can't let that happen. And they'll they'll continue to attack symbols and Absolutely. test the waters. Absolutely. They'll push the boundaries. Absolutely. They'll say, well, we got this far. Let's go a little bit farther. And what you're going to see is you're going to see a growing antagonism towards Christianity. Yeah. Um, let's go to slide three, the Jesus statue. This, not too far from us, down in Miami, Jesus was beheaded. So it's kind of cut and dry, right? Now— what was it? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about Sean King's statement talking about how white Jesus needs to be torn down. White Jesus is a symbol of supremacy. Whether or not this vandalism was carried out in direct response to that, or if it was merely endorsement of this kind of behavior, it, either way, it's showing a new brazen attitude. When was the last time you heard about a Jesus statue being beheaded? I'm not saying it's never happened before, but you notice these type of things are going to happen more frequently, and especially as people get more brazen, more 
uh, strong and passionate about how they feel. Um, you want to go to Sonic or you got and, anything and, for that, Mass? No, not, not really. Only in the sense that um, all of a sudden now Jesus is an oppressor. Did you, you see, see what's happening? Yeah. Now Jesus is an oppressor. The yep. one who set people free is now being called an oppressor. Look what's happening. Look what's happening. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. I don't believe it's going to continue very, 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 very long. Matter of fact, a friend of mine just texted me today, and he said, do you remember what you said when you were preaching about the church being persecuted, and it'll grow? It will grow? Dude, they're having flat-out revival in California right now on the beaches. Amen. <laughs> Dude, I saw a YouTube video. Dude, you get the goosebumps when you're watching it, man. It's pretty awesome because you cannot suppress the church. So I'm not a doom and gloomer. Uh, we're, as a matter of fact, we aren't doom and gloomers. I'm just saying that this is happening, and now is our chance to go win them with the gospel. Now's our chance, dude. They're out there in the public right now. You don't have, they're bred for you. They're right out there doing it right now, protesting on stuff. Now's the time to stand up with them. Now's the time to go there and share Jesus Christ, right? Now's yeah. the time. And what we're trying to point out with this stuff is we're pointing out this is actually your opportunity. All you have to do is have your eyes 100%. open and, and see what's going on and go, okay, things are changing. <clears throat> But that gives me opportunity and hope. All we're saying is now is your time. Don't stay asleep. Absolutely, dude. Open your eyes Absolutely. and start moving. Figure out what hill you right. need to die on. Figure out where you need to stand and stand your ground. Hold your ground, right? And the reason they're having That's... revival out in California is people are realizing, oh, we're not comfortable anymore. The, the Lord is the one I need. With everything crazy going on in my world— I need God. And it's our chance to show people God, even people who are antagonistic, right? Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to skip slide four and go to slide five because I want to get down to okay. the bigger meat. Um, but slide five. So there was a 250-year-old church. This was burned. Now, I apologize. All I've got on the slide is the headline. Let me read a section, though. Uh, one of the factors investigators are taking into account is the recent vandalism in the area. The church has been at the center of a BLM-fueled controversy about its patron saint, St. Junipero Serra. Serra, a Spanish priest, found a string of missions across the state of California, was largely responsible for converting many of the local indigenous people to Catholicism and Christianity. He was a brave worker for the kingdom of God, but today he's accused of being oppressive and racist for his work among the indigenous peoples of California. Now, they had a statue like this in front of this church. It's not hard to make that connection. Hey, this church got burned right after a statue controversy. You're witnessing this disrespect and tearing down of the old symbols of who we are in the culture. As right. you see that right. happen, Christianity will be attacked. And the direct nature of this points to an attack on the church under the guise of racism and inequality. Notice that was their whole argument Gosh. with this guy, right? Racism and equality. Wow. Christ, in the world's eyes, cannot stand. 
and they will use any means necessary to tear him down. So if racism and equality can be used against Christ, the world will try to do it. That's why Massey and I are so cautious about Christians latching onto this BLM movement because more and more what you're hearing is antagonism against a race, antagonism against an oppressive race. This is the guise of racism and inequality that will end up being your downfall. Yeah, and I don't even know if I'm cautious anymore. Now I'm just like, no. Um, and and, and th- there's reasons enough. When they start to call this gentleman, uh, St. Junipero Serra, when they call him oppressive and racist, when Margaret Sanger legit was an oppressive racist, no right? And we're trying to remove the truth, right? Or you have a Hillary Clinton who's deleting emails and we just quit talking about it, right? Or we have people saying, you know, that that it's, 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 uh, America's racist when it was government that redistricted it, that, that, that it was government that got involved in the war on poverty it was government that, I mean, this is where it all goes down for me. Like this is, this is government oppression at work. Dude, you think they're not, you think they're not uh, good at what they do? They have literally indoctrinated and indo- here, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to make a confession. I was here at the hotel. My kids turned on the TV set. They, they were on the Disney channel for something. I don't know what it was or some show. And there was this thing that was done. And now they're talking about, we're all one human race. We're all citizens of the world. This is about um, uh, taking care of mother earth, right? And all these things. And then at the end, it said black lives matter. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. isn't it? Turn not the TV off. I'm like, guys, no more. I don't it's not, you. listen, and there are gonna be people out there saying, wait, you don't like the, no, listen to me. It has nothing to do with black lives. Look what the first three things were. It was about Mother Earth and all sorts of the Green New Deal crap. Dude, this is this has nothing. If you can get it through your heads, this has nothing to do with racism. It has everything to do with destroying America and its foundations. And they're destroying God. And you know why they're attacking Christ right now? Because he's the only one that can keep you free. He's the only one that can keep you free. You remove him, you remove the, the entire reason we have nation and liberty. Because it comes from him. If we remove that, it's over. I I want to go with that point. So we're going to skip the next slide. We're going to go to slide seven because that was a perfect segue for this, Mass. Um, Chinese are being forced to renounce their faith to get welfare. So let me read a little bit from the article. Many poor households have plunged into poverty because of illness in the family. Some resorted to believing in Jesus to cure their illnesses, said Oi Yan, chairman of the Huan Jingbu People's Congress. Forgive me for mispronunciation. But we tried to tell them that getting (coughs) ill is a physical thing and that the people who can really help them are the Communist Party and General Secretary Xi. Instead of singing hymns to praise God... The government required us to raise the national flag and sing the national anthem, praising Xi Jinping's victory in fighting the epidemic, commented one anonymous congregant. This is completely contrary to our belief. Let me read a little bit more. Anybody say Daniel? Anybody say Daniel and the king? Exactly. Guys, this is history repeating itself. But, dude, look who won. Oh, man. (laughs) 
a uh, publication on Bitter Winter, a magazine on religious liberty and human rights in China, reported that the Lishikting Catholic Church in the <coughs> Shun district of Kaifeng reopened on June 14th after five months of being closed, but only after proving its loyalty to the CCP. We solemnly raise this flag here today after the epidemic, witnessing the fruits of all people working together under the leadership of Xi Jinping, who directs the government and the party. A priest reported a priest, a priest reportedly told a gathering of about 20 people is government officials looked on. Wow. A similar occurrence took place at the Gangji Christian Church nearby when it opened its doors for the first time since the start of the pandemic. Um, also, what you were seeing is you were actually seeing people forced to sign renunciations of their faith in order to get welfare. The government officials were actually making statements saying, Jesus can't do anything for you. It's the Communist Party that will save you. Jesus can't give you payment jesus can't cure your illness the communist party can and notice a government is trying to instill itself as the provider to the people and wants them to be worshiped as opposed to god it's going to continue you know especially in china right and if if communism grows in other countries it follows this pathway you know yeah, and I find it funny that the virus can end in China but not here. <laughs> Propaganda is beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it? think about it, because Fauci, Fauci was just out saying it, and it'll never end. We're never going to get rid of this virus, but it's funny. China did. They're praising right now that it's over. No, I'm not saying how they're praising is good, right? And it, it's it's so crazy, dude. Again, remove the Lord. Man is the one that gets ahead. You know that that's one of the reasons why we left Great Britain, according to the Declaration of Independence? He's, he has sent it himself and made his own laws, basically ascending himself above God, is what they were saying. <laughs> Look what's happening here. Yeah. You know what I mean? God yeah. who gave them life. Dude, Thomas Jefferson was right when he said, God who gave us life gave us liberty. He said, and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we remove the only firm basis of conviction that these liberties are a gift of God? And that's when he said, indeed, I tremble when I reflect that God is just and his justice cannot sleep forever. Guys, that's not a threat. None of that is a threat. That's just reaping and sowing. You, yeah. A nation cannot forget God. It cannot forget God. Um, I want us to think about America. So I've got some notes on this. You'll notice that religious adoption services are more and more being yeah. restricted, and they're always in a legal battle. Um, you have homeless shelters and services that are being controlled, many times hindered in what they can do, what they can say or not say. Um Christian organizations are fighting to keep the right to have their own leadership, including college yeah. groups. So this was happening a couple of years ago. It's still happening. News just doesn't cover it much. You have schools telling religious groups that they have to allow leadership who don't believe in what they believe. So a Christian group has to be able to allow an atheist to be a leader in their group. They can't have them sign a statement of faith or anything. Um, and, isn't it interesting? That makes sense. Yeah, isn't it interesting that your group can now be told who your leadership can or can't be? And the exactly. note that I have is it's this pressure 
of law and money which Satan will use to try and control the church. You can't think that mm -hmm. he's not going to use the world's strengths and advantages to control the church. And I think a lot of Christians fall into the trap of thinking, well, Satan just attacks us in the spiritual realm. He just he makes me depressed. He sends a demon to harass me. He gives me an illness. Satan uses the principalities and kingdoms, which are spiritual controls over the world. And so you have the use of law, of money, of wedges, of death by a thousand cuts against the church. Notice in China, doesn't it sound rather satanic to say, Jesus can't help you. You better just worship us. Just like Jesus, exactly just it, like Satan did to Jesus in the desert. He said, if you'll just get on your knees and worship me, I'll give you all of this. I'll give you all the kingdoms. You just got to worship me. A hundred percent. And that's, we will see that more and more. And I, I'm, I'm harping on this just because I want people to understand, hey, we've got to see the signs of, hey, it's time to stand up. It's time to wake up. It's time to put on your armor. It's time to step out of the church, yep. out of your house, and get moving forward. I've been thinking a lot about heroes, and when are we going to start seeing heroes stand up in America for the church? And I know a lot of people are saying, well, these issues are too small. They're not important. The problem is your winds are shifting. We've got to see this for the big picture. If you don't start standing up now, you won't have, and I promise you, you won't have the heart, the courage, the training, or the enthusiasm to stand up later. Right? You have to be responsible exactly. in little in order to be able to be responsible in much. And how come you can see a mass of people rising up for an issue and completely controlling cultural conversation. And then Christians, who should be one of the largest groups in America, are looking at each other going, well, we just don't want to make waves. When we look at somebody like Martin Luther King Jr., he understood that it was the civil disobedience that created the conversation. And he was willing to stand in the gap in a peaceful world-changing way he stood for christ, come on dude and it was christ come on the image bro of christ that ended up speaking to everybody else there's a whole reason that we see martin luther king jr in a different light because he tried to carry the light of christ in what he was doing while standing up against something that he disagreed with deeply and we as Christians have to realize that we Come do have on. a voice and we do have the ability to stand up. We do have the ability to change things. We just have to realize that we need to start getting organized on that. And I think, Massey, I'm glad you brought up these revivals on the beach because that's encouraging of, okay, Christians are starting to gather. They're starting to worship and praise God in public. They're starting <coughs> to say, no, 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 no. We stand for the Lord. You can come join us, and we're going to make our voices heard. You know? Yep. And ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say this to you, too. You're not the one in rebellion. They're in rebellion against the Constitution and God himself. Oh, that's good. They're the ones now taking on the role 
of tyrants. I'm not being disobedient. I'm holding up God's standard. If he told me that he gave me rights, then my job is to, he gave me the word of God. My job is to defend it and protect it. My job is to defend and honor his name. Now, some of you may not believe that. That's totally fine. But you're walking in the freedom of those who did believe it. You're walking in the liberty right now of those who did believe their God. Absolutely. They believed their God and they stood and they won. You can understand that. that. That is what's so powerful about the word of God. It's just one man, one person. But with the spirit of the Lord, you are many. You are many in him. And he's just looking for people to obey him. That's it. That's all he Absolutely. wants you to do. As a matter of fact, Mike, if you don't mind, I'm going to take this for a second. Go for right? it. Listen to the story. He was a slightly built man, about five foot three in height, and suffered from bouts of bad health. Around 1784 to 1786, he underwent a gradual but intense religious conversion while traveling with a friend. He considered leaving Parliament, but his friend and mentor, John Newton, advised him against this. So instead, he decided to serve God in public life. He got saved and became uh, went into Parliament. <clears throat> the, John Newton, his, his mentor, was the writer of Amazing Grace. From 1789, this man regularly introduced bills in Parliament to ban the slave trade. He was fiercely opposed by those making fortunes from the trade who used all kinds of delaying tactics. Sound familiar? They use all kinds of delaying tactics. Oh, it's just not the time. We shouldn't talk about banning abortion. That's just too much right now. We're too pressured, right? Uh, the first time this bill was introduced, uh, this man lost the debate by 163 votes to 88, but he never gave up. On, 20, on the 25th of March in 1807, the abolition of the Slave Trade Act abolished the slave trade in the British colonies, but it was still happening regionally. And it was carried by 267 votes and the House arose to its feet. Listen to this. He joined the Society for Gradual Abolition. And when the campaign intensified again in the 20s, in the 1820s and 1830s, he did as much as his failing health would allow him. In 1821, he requested that Thomas Buxton would take over the leadership of the campaign in the Commons and resign his parliamentary seat in 1824. After a serious illness, by May 1830, when 2,000 people met in London at the Freemasons Hall, this man was stooped with age. He was so stooped with age, he had to wear a metal girdle to put him upwards. So he'd been fighting for 30 years right now, and he's so stooped with age, but he continues to fight. He put the leadership in someone else's hands, but he still continued to fight, and he couldn't even stand on his own. Listen to this. Despite the groundswell of public opinion, Parliament still refused to ban slavery until parliamentary reform removed many of its supporters. Despite this, it was, still wasn't clear that Parliament would act. This man wrote his last petition, and the parliamentary debate lasted three months. And on July 26, 1833, the abolition of the slavery bill passed its third reading in the House of Commons. A messenger rushed to Wilberforce's house. This was William Wilberforce. And they told him that slavery in the British colonies would finally be abolished. And three days later, he died. And three days later, he passed away. And he believed his God. And you know how cool God is? He let Wilberforce see it and taste the victory. He can stand with the giants, with those who stood in the faith and scripture, and say, God moved on my behalf. He saw the end, and God did it. And nobody can say to me that these agendas can't end. Nobody, because he's done it before in the past and he can do it again. He's just looking for us to believe him again and take him at his word. That is the only thing we're missing. 
And you know what? There are 7,000 men who haven't, listen to me, folks. There are 7,000 men that haven't bowed the knee to fail. There are 7,000 men and women who are willing to stand for this. And now we need to pray and push forward and continue. And all what's happening right now is God is exposing the evil so we can stand in prayer against it because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it is spiritual. And he will win the day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank I believe every bit of it. Absolutely. And I think where a lot of people are right now is they're like, well, I'm going to vote and I'm going to basically cross my fingers. The question is, what if that doesn't go your way? Then what? Oh, we'll stand up then. Why would you? You didn't stand up before. If we don't train ourselves now how to stand up, how to seek the Lord and stand our ground in his name, we're going to fall because we weren't having faith in him before. It's just like when people don't have faith in God and the little things, and they go, oh, but I'll have faith in him in the big thing. You didn't train yourself that way. That's like saying, well, I didn't train how to sail a ship and do the basics, but I'll figure out how to sail in the hurricane. No, you need the small things, which grow on the bigger things, which grow on the That's bigger right. things. And That's as right. you stay consistent it's faithfulness, man. faith, you get fruit. Exactly. And Oh, come on, man. Notice what I'm saying is I'm saying, hey, here's where our fault is, but see it in hope and see it that this can still be turned around. You can still walk in faith. You can still stand up. You can still be a person who can be a hero of the faith. All it takes is your courage to hear what the Lord has for you and to follow it. Most of us don't have the courage to open our ears and our heart to what God has for us. We're too busy saying, Lord, give me peace. Lord, just just keep my house, keep my job, keep my family. And that's not an insult against anybody. All of us would like a very peaceful, quiet life. Massey and I talk about that, too. We talk about, oh, it would be kind of nice. But you know what the problem is? Yeah. Our Wouldn't heart. <laughs> our heart. Our heart would, would eat us up if we didn't do something, if we didn't stand, if we didn't move in faith. So you have to decide, I'm willing to give up everything for Christ and to share his name. You had Paul, who was brought out of his city and stoned and left for dead. He gets back up, dusts himself off, and goes right back into that city. To show the people yep. who stoned him, you are not going to take me down. Yep. I am not going to allow you to do this. And to show the other believers, do not get pushed around. The Lord is with you. Yeah. And Stand it, courageous. He totally is. And even, even I mean, Jody made a good point. There's a lot of cool comments here. I'm just going to say a few cool. of them. Um, there's uh, so many amens. And uh, this is the test. That's right, uh, Pastor Jane. Uh, the wave is a shift. Yep, Absolutely. Um, there are many people who aren't bowing the knee. Praise God. Oh my gosh. This is so mm -hmm. good. Um, Jody Stanton said this, not everyone will see the end, but how cool if you do, it's about obedience, not about seeing it to the end. Right. Amen. Amen. It is all about obedience. Amen. And I, I completely agree with that. I'm just saying the one example, you know, Martin Luther King didn't see the end. You're exactly right. Matter of fact, compared himself almost kind of to a Moses when he said, I can see, I, I can see the promised land. I might not get there with you, but we'll get there together. It was kind of like a Moses type of, uh, yeah. You, you know, um, thing. And, and so look, it, it really, what, what, what's happening now is we, we are under one of the coolest situations ever. 
I think, as a society. And, and it's scary. There's no question. Sometimes I can feel my flesh rise up and, and get scared sometimes. You know what I mean? And sometimes when I'm in the spirit, it's like I can feel this different. It's not a fear. It's just a, oh, boy, here we go. I'm under the cross now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to walk forward. Um, but the beauty part is, is I have so many examples set before us, like all of us do, so many examples set before us that um, we, we are so blessed right now to, to be in this position. And we get to tell our kids about it. Amen. When we overcome and people will say, what if we don't overcome? But then at least we went down, we went down in obedience. At least we went down saying, you know what we did. And my friend, Sue Trimbino, uh, we've had her on the show before. And she said this, God's not going to say to you, you know, well attempted, well fought. You just say, well done. Right. And it's mm -hmm. so cool. And, and now's our time to really stand for the faith. That's exactly right, Georgia. It's opportunity. It's opportunity. We have Isn't an opportunity. It? to show who Christ really is in the world. That's awesome. Great, that's, great point. That's what I love is the harder times give you the biggest opportunities. And I really want you guys, this is your homework. I want you to think about what makes a courageous person, what makes a hero, what makes somebody who stands differently than everybody else. And you're going to have to accept that people will come against you. You're going to have to accept that right. you're going to have an unpopular opinion. Um, there's a, an account of a professor who asked his classroom, if you were living in Alabama in 1860, how many of you think you would be an abolitionist? And, of course, everybody raised their hands. Of course, I would, I would, I would. And he said, really? You really think you are? How many of you stand a good one. for something today that is extremely unpopular, that people come against you, that death threats come against you. How many of you stand for something that is completely contrary to the culture right now? And I think a lot of times we try to look in the back, in the rear of history, and say, oh, I would have stood for all of these. Some of us might have, but a lot of us would have bought into the wisdom of the day, the wisdom of the world which is right. foolishness to God. And that's why it's so important to keep your exactly. heart and mind on God because then you won't be swayed by the wisdom of the world. And you'll end up standing that's courageously right. because you have faith in the wisdom of God. You'll have faith in who he is and what he tells you. And so I want you guys to contemplate what does it mean to be a hero of the faith? What does it mean to be courageous in the faith, especially today in your day to day in your life? What would it look like for you to make a step forward away from the crowd and towards being a courageous person in God? Think about it. So. I love it. I love it, dude. Great point. Great point. So any other comments, Massey? I'm sorry, dude. It's, it's no, no it's, it's it's weird because we're kind of got this little delay thing going on. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, to, to the bottom line is here, here's really the end of it. The whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. You know, that's the whole duty of man. It says in Ecclesiastes. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't think anybody does this to be a hero. And I know what you're saying. Nobody does it to do that. I don't think you can. But there are so many issues right that are that are that are branches but the root is you know 
the savior of the world. And, and right there, when his standard is lifted up, he promised he would draw men to him. King David said, ask of me. Actually, it was the Lord said through David, ask of me and I will give you the heathen as your inheritance and the uttermost, part, uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Ask of me. He said, I'll give you the heathen. And he's never failed every time I've asked or any one of us have asked to to have that. You know what I mean? To to have him at our, at our at, you know, to, to have Christ give us this, the, the nations, the souls of man. And so, again, the opportunity is huge. Um, and, and there's issues going on in America. But I do believe God is so good that he's allowed us to be in this position to show himself strong. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I'm perfect in him. I'm not a perfect dude. I, I, and we say that like it's kind of like, duh, right? You know, we're not perfect. But literally, man, without Christ, we have nothing. And God is so good and gracious and merciful to us to Amen. show us these things so that he can move, right? And so that we can be faithful. So we can be obedient. Again, you may not be in politics. That's totally cool. What's your calling? Yeah. You know, is it to help uh, people who are elderly? Praise God, go. Is it to go be on a school board? Praise God, go. Is it to go reach the youth? Praise God, go. You know what I mean? And people will say, I don't know what to do. Perfect place to start. Let the Lord guide you. Let the Lord fill you. Let the Lord show you. Because we can do this. We really can do this. There's a lot of hope right now, dude, all over the nation. We're seeing it happen. Amen. And I want you guys to know that we're going to continue to come to you with solutions, not just the problems. Um, Next week, what I would like to talk about are some possible solutions and some things you can do realistically. Um, things you can do on the ground and we're going to give you ideas that maybe you can use you can run with if you're not sure start praying well lord what about this what about that Um, so to wrap it up guys i want to say thank you so much for tuning in to the self-evident podcast (laughs) uh thank you so much for listening to us giving comments absolutely mass but i cannot wait to be in the studio with you dude i cannot wait for next week um, so oh, yeah. Well, said, yeah, next week, buddy. We're, we're, we're good. Absolutely. So I am going to say I love you guys. Have a great night. Massey, sign us out. Yeah, guys, again, go to the self evident truth. Whoa. <laughs> again, go to the self evident truth.com. I don't know what happened there. Must have been Kristen. Kristen she's was fired. Jumpy. I'm kidding. No, she's not. She's awesome. <laughs> she was jumpy. No, it's all, Kristen is totally fine. We love totally, you. totally fine. Um, all I'm going to say is go to the self truth.com for more information. If you guys want to help support us, uh, please do that. You can go to the 1776truth.store. You guys can go on there and support us. Also, a lot of what we talk about is in our four week curriculum called Government versus God. So you guys can go on the self truth.teachable.com and get yourself um, a, a copy of that. And right now you get $60 off. So if you have the, the, the COVID, uh, if you put in the type in the code COVID, We'll give you 60 bucks off, so it's 39 bucks, And you guys can learn a lot of what we're talking about in four, four weeks. Um, so get online. Thank you again for all your support, you guys. We love you so much. God bless you. We'll see you next week. All right. I love you guys.